Welcome, everybody. Time for another episode of Asher Sales Sense, brought to you by Asher Sales Strategies, the only global sales training company that integrates leading sales methodologies and the latest neuroscience studies into a simple and repeatable 10-step process, giving you sales training and tools to close deals faster. And I'm Dave Potts in the Asher Strategies studio in Washington, D.C. Our host today is Kyle O'Connell, Senior Sales Facilitator and Coach at Asher Strategies. Kyla's guest is Frederick Irwin, founder and CEO of Her Corner Incorporated, a Washington, D.C.-based company offering business peer groups for women business owners committed to business growth. The title of the show is Connecting Personally Through Technology to Sell Authentically. Kyla, over to you. Thank you, Dave, and welcome, Frederick. Is it okay to call you Fred for today? Absolutely, (laughs) and thank you. Hi, Kyla. Thanks for having me. Yes, well, we're very excited that you're with us today because obviously your subject about selling over technology with empathy is so critical today in today's environment that we're in. So very relevant, and I know that our audience is going to be very appreciative of this discussion. So. What has changed selling-wise for you? I mean, I know that you deal with a lot of senior executives and owners of businesses. So what have you seen change recently? I think there's two ways to answer that question. The one is what I've seen personally. And then the other side of that is what I've heard from the CEOs that we work with. And I'll start there because I feel really lucky that I am in a position where I work with women CEOs and executives every week of the year, and not just in the United States, around the world. So I get to listen to and pick up on trends. And that's a big passion of mine, just to hear what is the market telling us. And so very early on, one of the biggest things that I've heard from these executives, these CEOs, is how selling has dramatically changed. And for a long time, the wording was something's been taken from me. Not exactly literally like that, but that was the feeling that was resonating with people. Like I used to be able to fill in the blank, you know, have coffees, speak at events, sponsor events, go to events. Now, dot, dot, dot. That I think is what I heard so much of. And then of course that happened to us too. So Her Corner, we recruit CEOs and business owners from around the country to join our peer groups. We've been around for 10 years. We're pretty dialed in to how to do that in the sense that we used to hold events. We used to hold coffees. We understood and still believe that women need to get to know you first before they buy. They're less likely to sign up for something like this for the moment that there's an emotional buying process of it too. So that changed for us as well, that we were no longer afforded the opportunity to have anything in person, even our peer groups. So all Mm -hmm. of it changed, if you will, on that famous March 13th, Friday the 13th, Mm -hmm. 2020. (laughs) Yeah, I remember it well. We were in D.C. and it looked like a ghost town down there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's interesting. I wrote it down because I think that's the first time that I've heard someone kind of put words to that feeling that all of us, you're right, you're, all of us have felt something has been taken from me. When I think about 100% of our sales training events were in person prior to March 13th, yeah. we had sold out of future events that obviously we knew now were not going to happen. So I remember the three days we spent, it was over a weekend that in March, just pivoting, you know, just pivoting to virtual. And 
it did have that feeling. It did have a feeling of, what do you mean? I'm not going to be in person with these people anymore. And mm-hmm. what, what did we lose? We lost the ability to connect and we lost the ability to play games and laugh and have a coffee and have a beer at the end of the training. You're right. We all had that feeling. We're almost a year now mm-hmm. into this. What do you think the feeling is now? Do you think it still feels that way? Or do you think that people are coming around to embrace new ways of doing business and selling? Well, I'm the biggest champion of women. Obviously, I've built my entire (laughs) career around it. And I genuinely believe in the resiliency of women. Mm. So my answer is yes, we've come around. There are new ways that I'm seeing women and all CEOs sell and connect. But I will say it was an evolution. And I don't want to just kind of pass over what we went through because those first couple months, March and April, not only were we all pivoting and trying to figure out how to stay home and work online and no longer go into an office and cancel all these meetings and and really dealing with the tactical. But we were also doing that in a period of extreme fear. Remember, I mean, we just didn't know what we didn't know about this virus. And it affected us across the board from how we even went to the grocery store to when we went out. And so I don't think that the resiliency that we're seeing today was necessarily there on day one. Mm -mm. In those first few months, we were just trying to figure out what the heck we were dealing with. And let's be honest, I mean, for me personally, I thought, oh, this is just going to be like a little blip, you know, a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. Yeah, (laughs) I think we all felt that way. Yeah. And so... What was interesting to me is that I recognized in myself and then the business owners that I was working with that we were compartmentalizing in small pockets of time. So people were thinking about how do I solve this through the end of spring, right through June? And then people were thinking about, well, how do I solve this through the summer? Mm-hmm. And will people be in town or will they be taking vacations? And what does all of that look like? And then how do I compartmentalize this with the fall? Parents dealing with back to school. And there was a lot of confusion and swirl around that. And then it was the holidays and then it was, you know, so we've been thinking about solutions for this in pockets of time. And now, you know, at this time of February, kind of 2021 is the first time that I'm seeing people think about anything in the longest stretch of time. Mm. So people are now thinking, whether it's in terms of sales or business or planning or events or anything, they're thinking through the end of 2021. Yeah. That has benefit and it also has downside. And the benefit is that that's a chunk of time. You can really think through strategically over nine months, you know, here's where I want to go and here's how I'm going to do it. The downside is that from a mental, emotional perspective, it's a lot heavier. You know what I mean? To just cross that paradigm mentally. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, one of the things that I've been saying is, thank God this happened in 2020 versus 1994, when we didn't have the technology in place to be as productive as we are now. How else would we all have been trained to do business differently, leveraging technology all at the same time, (laughs) unless something like this happened, you know? What do you think about that? Like, what are some benefits of technology that we've seen as far as how to still connect and sell today? accelerated technology adoption across every age group in a way that could have never, ever happened. Mm -hmm. And 
it put technology as no longer something that was nice to have, but a required to use. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it did that. It disrupted all the industries at the same time. Whether you're talking about education and selling technology through education, whether you're in professional services, whether you're in events, whether you're in a brick and mortar restaurant. And so what that did was it really allowed people to see technology as something that could help them rather than, you know, maybe even a year ago, that feeling of, oh, I don't want to learn one more technology. Now right. it's, I don't have a choice. Yeah. So what's out there and how can I use it the most? And I'll give you an example that I'm kind of obsessed with right now about how other countries other than the U.S. have used technology in a positive way. So I don't have the article in front of me, but somebody in a global fellowship I participate in was telling me the story about how, you know, the United States, we went through the process of PPP. We're actually on the third round of the PPP, right? So checks getting issued, you have to apply, they're for payroll and a couple other things, et cetera. And that's had its ups and downs and pros and cons. In China, the gentleman that was explaining this to me was Chinese. He said, look, in China, we do one thing and we do it really well. And that is we make decisions at the top and we push them down. And what they did rather than start with handing out checks was they said, let's go to their version of Amazon, which is Alibaba, Mm -hmm. and pay them to allow small business owners and businesses to get on that platform, to train for free, get on the platform have the fees be reduced or free so that overnight you can change businesses from however they were doing to tech enabled and online enabled. And what happened is when you look at how much domestic business grew in that country through the pandemic, through online sales, it's remarkable, Mm. just remarkable. And so that for me is an example of how we could think even more broadly about using technology and really kind of that cornerstone of government policy in tech and in business. And how do we creatively think outside the box rather than just handing out checks and hoping individuals can figure out which technology is best for them and how to implement it. So from our perspective within Her Corner, I've been incredibly, I've always been grateful to the community of Her Corner and all of these business owners from all different industries and all different points of location in that it's a highly collaborative community. In fact, it's part of our tagline is the power of collective intelligence. And we believe that, that women are very, very collaborative about sharing what works for them. And so it was really wonderful to see different members say, oh, you guys should be using this, or I've used this, or I've implemented this, or, you know, for a number of different things and sharing those resources. And one area I've seen that really accelerated has been in the use of technology for digital advertising, whether that's with LinkedIn ads, Google ads, Facebook ads, et cetera, figuring out collectively how to accelerate the use of that through technology has been probably where I've seen the most collaboration. Kyla, it's time to take a quick commercial break. Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to asherstrategies.com today or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 
833-9941. We've been speaking with Fred Irwin about connecting personally through technology to sell authentically. Now back to Kyle and Fred. To pick up where you just left off about collaborating about technology and what's working for you and how are you using that, I couldn't agree more. I think that that's been a huge benefit of being in this collective crisis together is that that collaboration has increased. How can you use technology to be more genuine and authentic? Because I think that's one of the problems that people have with technology is they feel like it's cold. It's not like having coffee together and, and, oh, I have Zoom fatigue. But I think that there are ways that we can still connect in a genuine way through technology. What have you seen specifically of techniques to do that? Yeah. Like everybody else, I really miss interacting with people in person. And so I have forced myself to use Zoom almost in the same way And at first, I kind of got it wrong. At first, I used to think, oh my gosh, I have to be perfectly polished for every Zoom meeting. And really what I was doing was giving him the impression that I was not real, not accessible, not feeling what everybody else was feeling. And so I don't want to say that I started showing up in my PJs, a long (laughs) way from that. But I started just trying to be a lot more real first before I was doing anything. We do all of our sales calls now by Zoom and through technology. And it would never even dawn on me to launch into a sales conversation until I've asked somebody, just how are they doing? And in some ways, the pandemic has given us the ability to do that because mm-hmm. it's the only time we've ever seen in the world where we're all living the same thing. Yeah. And an example of that was a conversation I was having with an organization like Her Corner in France. And we were connecting about a collaborative business opportunity together and some licensing agreements that we were talking about. And you got to have different cultures, different approaches to business. And so she came to the table kind of very much ready to have that business-like conversation. And I said, hold on, <laughs> I said, hold on. I want to understand what's going on. How's it going in France? What are you guys doing? How are people feeling? And In the middle of that conversation, it doesn't happen often, but my seven-year-old walked through my background and she said, wait, what time is it there? And I said, it's one in the afternoon. She said, well, what is he doing at home? I said, well, wait, what do you mean? What is he doing at home? (laughs) (laughs) And it opened up a whole conversation where she said, wait, are you telling me that in the United States, business owners have been trying to get through this pandemic while also having kids do school from home. And I'm like, and are you telling me that in France, you guys have been working from home, but kids have been in school this whole time, right? And it created such a connection of understanding just the difference, her fear of sending kids to school, my overwhelm at having kids at home, that it really accelerated our ability to connect and then move forward. And I think that that's something to not only to be done strategically, but gosh, it just feels really nice to feel that you can use technology to immediately connect and get people. First of all, you can get people so much more quickly now because they're all around. Yeah, they're not on airplanes. (laughs) They're not on airplanes. And that you can have those conversations, meaningful conversations over technology where you feel like 
we're relatable to one yeah. another, even if you're in a different country or a different state. And let's start there. When I do my coaching with individuals and sales leaders and salespeople, I start with, tell me how you're doing. Just give me a green, yellow, or red in your health, in yeah. your personal life before we get to business, because you never know what people are going through. And I have had some of my coaching clients that have been personally impacted by COVID, even lost family members, been you know sick themselves. Two of my biggest coaching clients, both younger people too, they're in their late 20s, struggled with it. I mean, thank yeah. God they got through it. But we spent 20 minutes talking about that because it was too big of a, an experience and how it impacted their business to just overlook that. You're right. I mean, I'm having more authentic conversations now than ever, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And I think it's really accelerating that those connections, when you show up genuinely and authentically and open to say, yep, this is me right now. And sorry (laughs) about my dog barking in the background or, you know, yeah, we all start from this premise of we're all just trying to get through this together. Yeah. Do you think there'll be anything that will be hard to go back to? I know some people have said, you know, I'm never going to travel the way I used to. I used personally used to be on an airplane every single week. I don't Mm -hmm. see that. Even when, you know, let's say everything is open and everyone's vaccinated. I just, there's a quality of life I think was missing before. I don't know. What do you think about that? Speaking purely from a personal perspective, I spent a year in New Zealand in 2019. (laughs) I came Mm. back to Washington I was really struggling with the way we lived. And Mm. I grew up in Washington, D.C. I was struggling with the pace and the, I don't know, maniacal way we just zip around and work all the time. And so, yeah, (laughs) I think that on one hand, when it first started, I was like, woohoo, like, great. Now I'm kind of like, okay, something in the middle would be better. But I do Mm. think that things will be different. I think, again, back to this concept of technology, there are so much upside to the advances we've made in terms of using technology. Yeah. And that perhaps you used to zip around in a plane to get to events. And a year from now, let's hope, maybe you'll have more choice where you'll yeah. say, I'm not going to fly to California for that conference, but I am going to participate online. And that participation will be a better experience for you. And whoever's putting on those events can sell you a ticket now even if you're not attending, right? And they've paid attention to what that experience is like too. So now it's not just throwing somebody in a Zoom and they're actually interacting. And so, yeah, you're right. I think that there's going to be a lot more options and choice and hopefully more quality of life. And maybe we'll get to that medium area that you were talking about. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Something where we're not quite so crazy. Kind of like the hummingbird, I always say, like we're just so frantic. Yeah, especially in DC. <laughs> I bet you that our friends in New York and anywhere else would say that they have it the same. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm amazed when I was traveling so much. I always thought, because I've lived in the Maryland, DC area my whole life, that the traffic here was so bad and people talk about it like it's a thing. It's bad everywhere nowadays. So yeah. <laughs> just maybe that alone, just less traffic and less craziness will be a good thing mm-hmm. too. You know, I think it's also changing our kids, meaning they all of a sudden went from just living under the assumption that things are just this way, right? I just go to school and sit in traffic and I sit in school all day and now they have more choice, Mm -hmm. right? So I, I think that this will have a generational impact as well. 
in terms of experience, how people experience the world around them and what they want to do and not do. And I think one of the things when we work with the per corner businesses, I always said as the pandemic kind of happened, it's your job to listen to your market and how your market has changed. But it's also really important to be able to articulate differently in terms of selling today. So you have to be able to articulate the value within the pandemic and how the market has changed. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to articulate how your company has changed. And then you have to be able to tell them, and here's how I can solve it. If you can't hit those three points relatively quickly, the pandemic is also allowing people to pass judgment in a bad way more quickly. Mm. They might more quickly over technology go, oh, Kyla doesn't really understand how the market has evolved. She can't really articulate how she's doing things differently now because of the pandemic. And she definitely doesn't understand my problem because of the pandemic well enough to show me or tell me how she can solve it right here and now, right? Yeah. And I think that that is really also very, very important. While technology gives you the ability to have that connection and that personal touch, you know, you can build that personal connection much more quickly than if you were just meeting over coffee, because you have a shared experience. If you can't hit those three things, then it's also much easier for people to just move on to the next person. Yeah. Kyla, unfortunately, it's time for a wrap up. Okay. Well, you've given us a lot to think about today, Fred. I kind of got even lost in that conversation because it was just really authentic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. I know. I'm kind of sad that Dave cut us off because we could have kept going. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I always said that from our first conversation, I could talk to you for hours. So (laughs) if there are any women CEOs out there that might be interested in speaking with you further about Her Corner, how would you instruct them to get in touch with you? Sure. We're at hercorner.org. I'm Frederic at hercorner.org. I'm always open to talking to anybody about their business and what they're thinking about. We're on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere, other platform as well. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again for bringing this subject to our group today and our listeners. All of the research we've done with different resources and references are all saying the same thing, that this is a way that we can still sell with empathy and leverage the technology that we have. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was really lovely and fun to talk to you. And hopefully I'll see you soon in some version of (laughs) technology or one day in person. I look forward to that as well. Thanks again. And that's all the time we have for today. For our listeners, be sure to subscribe to Asher Strategies Radio on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast venue. You can also ask Alexa to play Asher Strategies Radio. From now until we meet again, John Asher reminds us to please, please get out there and sell something.